Hi, everybody, and welcome to the newest edition of the Friendly Confines podcast alongside Chad Gordon. I'm Ryan Lieber. It's a chilly one in Chicago, and the Cubbies are just trying to stay warm, Chad, because uh, they weren't able to heat up the bats against the Angels after their postponed game. It How's was, everything going for you in California? It, 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 it's good. Um, I was in Chicago this week, uh, obviously for the home opener, but let's, let's not belabor. Let's, let's bring this out. You are a recently married man. Congratulations. Thank you. Yes, got married last week in California, um, and it was a beautiful day. We got married in the Napa Valley in Rutherford, California, near San Francisco. Um, and, yeah, I have joined the, uh, the world of marital bliss, so... Did, I am now a uh, a man uh, with with a wife. Yeah. Did we make a bet? Because I made some bets with a couple different friends, like a last longer bet. And and what's funny is neither of the other guys that I can think of actually paid me off on that bet. But you and I didn't have <laughs> any sort of bet, did we? No, we didn't. Yeah. Um, but you know, I mean, I was one of the last people standing. Um, yeah. You're you're basically one of the few left who's the still one. going strong. I'm the last so. one. I'm I'm out there just doing it. Um, Listen, but... <laughs> you got a great life. You have a wonderful, wonderful life. A lot I of do. people are very envious of the I life. I do, and you have a wonderful know. wife. So congratulations to the both I of do. you. And uh, let's let's dig in. Let's start right into the first inning. And so, sure, you know, it's it's the the beautiful thing about baseball and about playing in an open air stadium. Uh, like Wrigley Field, you never know what to expect, especially in this first month. Heck, you never know what to expect even going into May. But a snow out on Sunday after I was at the season opener in a T-shirt on Monday. What do you think? What do you think about this uh, snowy day in uh, in August, in April rather? Right. Um, I mean, this isn't supposed to be happening at this point, right? I mean, we're in April. It's baseball <laughs> season. What's yep. with the snow? I mean, I get it that in the beginning of the year the weather is a little chilly, but Leave it to Chicago to always have the unpredictable weather where literally on opening day, you're wearing a T-shirt and it's 70 plus degrees. Could not have been a nicer day Beautiful for day. Yes. the opening day of Cubs baseball. And then you have, you know, degrees in the 30s and then it snows today in Chicago or on <laughs> Sunday in Chicago where people are sitting there just going, are you kidding me right now? So I'm sure the Cubs are more than relieved to be able to fly to Miami this week to play the Marlins. We'll get about, you know, talk about that a little more later in the show, but it's got to play a little bit of a role, Chad, to say the inconsistency of trying to get yourself in a situation where you're feeling comfortable about playing on a day by day basis. And then when it's freezing one day yeah. and it's warm the next day, that can't be easy for a ball club to adjust to. Yeah, and, you know, it, it's, it can be good for injuries. It can be good, you know, to slow down the grind where people have an opportunity to heal if, the, you know, the day-to-day, the, the -day, uh, uh, you know, the beatings that the body takes. But, you know, this was one of the earliest starts to a season, you know, going into the, la the, the, the last week of March, starting the, the season early. And this is the risk that they're going to take. And let's be honest, half the games they have played uh, so far this season um, have been have been crummy weather-wise. And, you know, it, there's just nothing better than, than Wrigley Field in, in May, June, July, August. And, you know, April is a bit of a crapshoot, and we saw that today. Um, I was kind of glad that they could have the chance to, to uh, just not – 
be sitting around thinking they may play. They made the right decision this time. They were able to do a good job moving the, the, the scheduled game up on Thursday. My buddy Chris was in there. Um, uh, he was a, uh, was in with a, 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 one of his buddies for the Thursday game. I said it was just the weather was perfect for the time they played. So I appreciate that the Cubs are doing that. But Major League Baseball really needs to take a look at this season. I mean, if we're, if we're going to start in the middle of March and go until, you know, the end of middle of October, it's I think it's a little more too stretched out. But uh, good decision today, and, and I'm glad that the Cubbies are coming down <laughs> to you in Miami. Yes, and we'll move on to the second inning as they come down to Miami. And I do want to mention our seventh inning stretch conductor, Chad, is none other than MLB.com writer Jonathan Mayo. He's going to join it. us for several Love minutes. It. He's going to talk about the Cubs. He specializes in the farm systems of teams. And in addition, he's the producer of a new movie that's out, a great documentary that's out there that you should go see. So we're going to talk about that with Jonathan Mayo in the seventh inning. But as you mentioned, as we uh, get into the second inning, getting back on track, and, well, after a dismal start to the season, it seems like the home cooking was just what the Cubs needed, Chad, as the Cubbies uh, certainly played much better at Wrigley than they did on the road, and hopefully the Cubs can kind of right themselves when they're in Miami this week. But what did you think of the Cubs' performance when they were at Wrigley against Pittsburgh and against uh, Anaheim, or I should say L.A., yeah. uh, this past week? Well, it's definitely Anaheim. I know where the stadium is, and it's in Ana- Anaheim. Yeah. yeah, the Los Angeles, uh, the Anaheim Angels of Los Angeles. You know, um, it was important to win that series against Pittsburgh. I think that was kind of a riding of the ship sort of fashion. And then splitting against the Angels in a two-game series would have been three. They're going to come back into town later on this year. You know, they, they, I just felt like the first couple weeks of the season, it just felt like they were pressing a little bit. It just felt like maybe there was a little bit extra pressure. I always think about coming out in that 2016 season with the everybody, you know, try not to suck t-shirts. People, they had the pressure, but they played very loose. I feel like this team has so much to prove this year. They came out a little tough. Um, and struggled. And the offense did not struggle. They were scoring uh, runs at will. It was the pitching that was a little uh, hit or miss and iffy. What I love to see this week in the three games of this previous week, you know, Lester got pulled early, but the bullpen held on and shut shut out the Pirates on the uh, the, the home opener, um, the season home opener. And then in back-to-back starts, we saw what is possible. Quintana pitched an absolute gym. And then Cole Hamels actually said, hold my beer. I'm going to pitch an even better eight-inning gym, uh, and I, I, I see a lot to be really positive about, and offensively, um, there are some struggle points. You know, Rizzo is not, you know, his batting average is really low, and, and Bryant seems to can't yeah, afford a hit at any point, so there's some struggle points, but there's others that are really stepping up, so I, I have nothing but encouragement this last week. All right, let's move on to the third inning now, and of course, last season, when we saw the Cubs catching situation, it was a bit of a quagmire, but so far through the first couple of weeks of the season between Wilson Contreras and Victor Caterini, my goodness, the ball has just been getting hit all over the place. Now, the Cubs suffered a little bit of a setback, Caterini with a uh, injury, yeah. uh, excuse me, Caratini with an injury uh, earlier this week, and he's going to be out for an extended period of time. Thankfully, Wilson Contreras is just hitting the cover off the ball right now, but uh, how concerned, I guess, are you with Caratini not being able to be in the lineup? For me, I mean, certainly he was a hot bat, so I liked having him at least spelling relief for Contreras, and he was a guy who was a good, solid pinch hitter who was coming up in, in key spots for a, a club that you know needed that if he was available in that spot. So 
Uh, unfortunately, you never want to see a guy who's hitting well go down this early. Um, hopefully he can come back and, and make a quick recovery because, man, he was playing really well before this injury. Yeah, he sure was, and, and I, I, it's concerning. I'm, I'm, this is a disappointing uh, injury. You know, sometimes you can just, you know, Lester is a disappointing injury. He's going to be gone for a little bit, but Victor was necessary. You know, the, the big plan this year was not to gas out uh, Wilson Contreras, and, and last year we saw that. Will, Willie just, he, he, he was behind the dish way too much, and they had a very deliberate plan to make sure that uh, – that he wasn't going to be in that case. Is Taylor Davis able to step in and do that and, and be more than just a serviceable option? I don't know, uh, you know, if he's going to be able to. Victor was hitting so well, so consistently, with power, at average. My favorite part about this entire story is the fact that on the kind of the check swing that he broke his hand, the very next swing was actually the the one that actually uh, scored the, the the winning run uh, for the team. So with a broken hand, he had that heroics. So four to six weeks can't come soon enough. He had the surgery this week. Um, very disappointing, and and uh, and it it my hope is this doesn't derail the plan to keep Willie um, more rested. All right, let's move on to the fourth inning now. And well, the Cubs when they played their last game on Saturday against the Angels, it ended in. Uh, pretty ridiculous fashion um a lot of check swings that people were a little disappointed about and i have to admit the the umping during the series against the angels was uh well let's just say less than enthusiastic from the cubs uh management i mean joe madden got thrown out of the game uh arguing balls and strikes earlier in the series and then uh, kyle schwarber ends the game on saturday with the cubs down six to five um thinking he checked his swing and basically was told that he did go around and he got thrown out of a game making the last out. I didn't know if that was even possible. I don't possible, think that's even possible. That was so weird. Yeah. Yeah. That was so weird. But Chad, I guess it begs the question, should umps have the ability to from, from, you know, third or first base to be able to call if a player went around? I mean, personally I do. I, I think that is part of their job. I don't know who would determine that. I mean, is it a replay that they're trying to figure out? But Joe Madden is making the case, as well as other Cubs players, that the umps in certain positions should not be making the call for a check swing. Uh, where, where do you stand on that? You know, the more consistent the video production teams on each of the stadiums with everybody, all everybody having their own TV networks, there's cameras up and down the line, with more consistency, um, I just think it – inevitably should move towards a replay system because it is something that is so pivotal that is a is is a as a call from a, a guy that's 90 feet away you know down the lines uh, I'm not going to say whether I agree or disagree with Kyle Schwarber or the umpire I'm not going to say that because it, it, there's room for interpretation but what I would say is I, I kind of agree with Joe Madden I mean we we have so many more um, opportunities to get the calls right. I actually am of the belief there also should be robo-umps, just make everything solidly consistent. But I just, I don't know if if they're ever going to move in that way because there's something about the purity of of not having, of having that, inf that, that fallible human behind the plate, you know, goofing up calls. But the, the check swing is a very easy fix as far as I'm concerned. They could make that that call perfect every time. All right, let's move on to the fifth inning and uh, the bullpen, which was certainly the biggest cause of concern in the first week of the season is seeming like it's starting to come together a little bit, Chad. Uh, for a while, it was uh, throwing goose eggs. And uh, up until on Saturday, it was actually everybody out of the pen was throwing the ball 
terrific. A little bit of a setback on Saturday, but, you know, it seems like that they're starting to at least figure it out. Carl Edwards back in the minors now. The Cubs trying to tweak his situation. So are you happy right now with what you're seeing out of the bullpen? Um, Does this give you at least cause to say, okay, I I feel a little bit better about the situation? Or is it still a game-by-game basis for you as it is for me? to sit there and say, you never know what you're going to get. It's kind of like a Forrest Gump situation. It's like a box of chocolates. You don't know which bullpen is going to show up on a particular day. The Cubs do not have a shutdown bullpen that we have the tremendous amount of, uh, of, of confidence in. But there were glimmers of very strong. I mean, again, Lester goes down after the, the, the hammy issue, sliding in from, from second base, you know, scoring after his double. And, and the bullpen did great, held, held on for the shutout on, on the, the home opener. Um, and then you're right, uh, there was a lot of consistency throughout the, throughout the year. And so, or I'm sorry, throughout this last week where there's been some really good plays. So um, play by the, uh, by the bullpen. And what I would say is it's interesting the dynamic, how it has adjusted and changed with CJ going down to the minors. I was stunned that they made that call. It was the right call. And they've actually been a little bit more consistent without him in that lineup. But the cool thing that I'm excited about, and, and he's thrown a few bullpen sessions in the last couple of days, Brandon Morrow is, is on the way back. And he, when he's good, he is damn good. And so the fact that he is there and it's going to be like a, uh, a pickup um, is going to bolster and embolden that bullpen in a really positive way. Yeah, no, it definitely will. And uh, Tom Ricketts was interviewed last week on one of the local radio stations in Chicago, and he basically was asked about Craig Kimbrell, and Ricketts basically said that uh, there's no chance that's happening, for lack of a better term. Uh, He basically said, don't get your hopes up. We're not citing Craig Kimbrell. So that closes the door on any hope that anybody, not that I thought it was going to happen anyway, but any chance that was uh, actually going to transpire. So let's move on to the sixth inning as we move from the bullpen to the starting rotation. And we talked about Hamilton Quintana, about the great starts they had over the weekend. But John Lester, as you mentioned earlier, Chad, uh, leaving the game uh, with tightness in his hamstring, and now he is out for at least 10 days. Uh, The ace of the staff, so to speak, um, the concern that I have, they, they recalled, I believe, Tim Collins from the minors, mm-hmm. the Cubs did, to uh, take Lester's place. But you never want to see your hoss going down the I.L. And uh, it makes me nervous uh, that Lester is uh, going to be resting for a little bit. Hopefully this can be a quick turnaround and we're not going to be missing him too long. Maybe it's just a start at the most. But uh, it is concerning when your best pitcher always goes down. Yeah, and and you know what's kind of funny about the snow out, the Sunday snow out, is um, this was supposed to be a Chatwood start. We were actually going to see Chatwood back in the starting rotation, and he probably had a 70 to 80 pitch leash, so he probably wasn't going to make it through the fifth inning anyway. But I was kind of interested to see how he would do and, and how he would step up. Uh, but, the you know, the, back a few years ago, the Cubs seemed to always get the breaks and, and were a little bit more fortunate. Today was one of those things. We, we, we It was going to be a bit of a bullpen day. Tyler Chatwood was going to be um, starting and get the pass. So we don't actually miss Lester this week, and we go right back to – to uh, to the the rest of the rotation kind of in order uh, starting Monday in Miami and so that's kind of a positive I see I, I would just say uh, the starting pitching showed me a lot this week and uh, I just I, I've had confidence in them from the very beginning and nothing has happened to really make me waver. 
Time now for the seventh inning stretch here on the Friendly Confines. We are joined by MLB.com's writer, Jonathan Mayo. He uh, certainly concentrates a lot on minor league systems for Major League Baseball, but of course, all about baseball in the Major Leagues is certainly his expertise as well. He also has a new movie that he's a producer of called Heading Home, The Story of Team Israel. It's a wonderful documentary. I got the opportunity to meet Jonathan a couple of months ago. They were down in Delray Beach, Florida, and uh, it's really a terrific movie. Uh, you don't have to be Jewish to enjoy it. You can just be a baseball fan and uh, really get into it. So we'll talk to Jonathan about that as well. You can also find Jonathan on Twitter, at Jonathan Mayo, and he's given us a few minutes here on the Friendly Confines as our seventh-inning stretch conductor. Jonathan, welcome to the program. How you doing? I'm good, Ryan. How are you? I'm good. Thanks so much. So let's talk a little bit about the uh, – well, the first uh, week or so with the Chicago Cubs, um, obviously not the start that this team was hoping to get off to. Um, just in your assessment that what you have maybe had the opportunity to see so far from this team, a team that a lot of people uh, were basically saying, and certainly there's a lot of time to turn this around, but basically saying the team to beat in the National League. What have you m- maybe seen from this club uh, through the outset that maybe hasn't been sitting right with this ball club? Well, I mean, I think first and foremost, it's uh, it's so early. Um, I, I wouldn't worry about it too much. I mean, what they play, you know, they, 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 it's a handful of games when you look at it. Now, I do know that history says that teams that get off to really slow starts uh, have trouble sort of picking it up. But I, I still think the talent is there, but it's really it's pitching. Um, and I, you know, when, when everyone was picking the, the Cubs and I understood it, um, and I think they will be there in the end. One thing that I worried about is, are they going to pitch? Uh, and I thought that, um, they'd figure it out. Uh, I know the bullpen has been a, a huge problem spot and that's something that can actually be fixed. Uh, I, I think by you know, giving other guys opportunities, but you know, you, you, you knew they were going to hit, they're going to drive in runs. They've done that for the most part. So it's really about trying to fix what's going on with their pitching staff. And uh, when you've only gone, you know, a few times around the rotation, uh, I don't know that you're going to worry that, you know, say veterans like, Kyle Hendricks or Cole Hamels are going to be complete bust. Now, if it's May or June and, and, and they're still carrying, you know, hefty ERAs and, and struggling to get people out, uh, same with you, Darvish, um, then, then you worry, but it's a little too early to, to hit the, the, the panic button. I think that the guys that are on the field and in the dugout, both players and, and coaching staff wise are not the kinds that are going to, Uh, make mountains out of molehills at this point in the season. Yeah. And I think you make a great point about that. Not, not the time to panic just yet. Although you do bring up a good point when it comes to the bullpen. And we had a guest on last week um, who basically said he felt like the Cubs relievers in triple a might actually be better than their relievers on the major league roster. Now, I don't know how in depth that uh, is the case, but is is there any possibility that the Cubs can go into their farm system 
and possibly pluck some guys that could make an impact uh, from a pitching standpoint this early in the season from a bullpen or even a starting rotation? There, there, there isn't really anybody from a, from a starting standpoint that I would say, oh, yeah, 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 you, you know, that's a guy to keep an eye on. I mean, the, the, their farm system as a whole isn't great. Um, I think that there are some guys who you could, you know, give a, a chance to, uh, you know, and sometimes it's the you know, veteran guys, you know, maybe it's just better to, to give them, you know, give them the opportunity. Um, you know, Carl Edwards, uh, who, honestly, I didn't realize, um, was back in the minors. Um, I would, you let him get straightened out. I know he started off roughly and, and you know, this is a guy who's contributed over the last couple of years and been a very valuable member. I think he'll be back and he'll be able to, to help out. Um, you know, I think the, the main message will have to be if the struggles continue is that, you know, you're not guaranteed a spot, no matter who you are in that bullpen. And we're going to try various people out and give them opportunities to see what they can do if they're pitching well in triple a why not bring them up and, and, and give them a chance and there isn't anybody uh, and i'm looking at who's gotten starts in the early going for for iowa like uh, there isn't anybody there that i would say well no we want to keep developing them as a starter why not shorten up duncan robinson who's you know who's pitched pretty well in his first two starts um you know, uh, any guys that are down there, if they're pitching well, Rowan Wick, um, you know, is, is a guy who interests me uh, because he does miss bats. You know, uh, if he, you know, is hot in AAA, bring him up, give him some opportunities, you know. So there's nobody down there that's screaming like, oh, this is a good prospect or this is a guy that you really need to keep an eye on or pound the table, they should bring him up. But there's some depth there of guys that you could, you know, you could bring up and, and potentially give, you know, give an opportunity to um, guys with big league, some big league experience. James Norwood is another one who, you know, I would see, see potentially as a guy who could come in and at least provide some competition uh, for, for guys not getting the job done currently. We're talking with Jonathan Mayo from MLB.com. Uh, certainly giving us here a few minutes on the friendly confines talking about the Cubs and the Cubs farm systems and kind of the development of some players that uh, could potentially be available or for that matter, not available uh, in the uh, coming months or years ahead. Now, Jonathan, let's switch gears for a second. We brought this up at the beginning of the interview. You are a producer of a new documentary that's out called heading home. The story of team Israel um, and I'll let you kind of talk a little bit about just how this movie came about and, and what it's about and what people uh, can uh, basically expect if they uh, go and find this movie because it's such a wonderful film. But uh, go ahead and I'll let you talk a little bit about how this all came about for you. Well, well thank you, Ryan. And I'm glad you got a chance to, to see it. It's funny in my head. It's not new um, because it's been playing you know, at Jewish film festivals largely for a year, but we're now starting to uh, roll it out with theatrical releases. You saw it in Delray Beach. So in that respect, it is new. We've been into a couple of markets now. It did really, really well in South Florida. 
Um, and you're right, like you said, off the top. I don't think you have to be Jewish to like this movie. I think there's some interesting things, both the baseball side and the sort of exploring identity side. Uh, so very basically, I had this idea to take a group of Jewish baseball players to Israel. And that idea stemmed from conversations I've had over the years. I've been writing for MLB.com now for 20 years. And I would have conversations with every Jewish baseball player, you know, Sean Green and Kevin Euclid, Ian Kinsler, you name it. And they all would say, yes, I'm happy. I embrace being known as a Jewish baseball player, but their identities often didn't go much beyond that. So I said, boy, I, I, kind of cool to take them to Israel and that, you know, what better place to go to really dig into what that means to be a Jewish baseball player. And that was the whole idea originally. And we couldn't get it made. It just wasn't happening. Then team Israel qualified for the world baseball classic, uh, you know, that took place in 2017 and there was interest and we slammed together plan and we took a group to Israel. Uh, ten, 10 players total. Uh, well, one former player, Gabe Kaplan, now the manager of the Phillies. Eight of those players ended up playing for Team Israel uh, in the World Baseball Classic and we followed them to Asia and uh, th then, then they started winning. I mean, we kind of thought that the climactic scene might be the first pitch in Korea. And then they started, you know, then they became the the Cinderella story of, of the World Baseball Classic and captured a lot of people's attention. Um, and, you know, sometimes uh, I've learned as, as a filmmaker, especially because uh, I'm not that the folks at Ironbound Films did all the heavy lifting. Um, Jeremy Newberger and Daniel Miller and Seth Kramer. Um, you know, it's, it's better to be lucky than good sometimes. And we stumbled onto this sort of underdog baseball story on top of the exploring your identity and what it's what it means to be kind of identified as, as being different than the norm and and whatever your walk of life is so the, the two things came together and and then resulted in that in the film that you got a chance to see yeah it's it's a terrific film again uh for those listening it's called heading home the story of team israel about their uh experience in the 2017 world baseball classic and as as we both said uh, you know, you don't just have to be Jewish to enjoy this film. It's it's just a great baseball movie, and it really hits home. And and I should mention uh, Josh Zeed, who now works for the Chicago Cubs organization, uh, was a part of that team, and he he was a pitcher on that team. He uh, is now working, as I mentioned, with the Cubs. So that's yeah. kind of a cool little uh, tie into uh, to our podcast as well. So and it's uh, coming, with all that, it's coming to Chicago. It is oh, okay. That's great. Do you have the dates yet for that? Uh, I'm, I'm I'm scrambling to find the dates. Um, <laughs> also, I'm like, wait, 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 wait. It's coming to <laughs> Chicago, um, and I can't find it. Uh, let me uh, tap dance while we're we're talking about it. Uh, yes, May starting May third. Perfect. The Renaissance Place Cinema. Awesome, awesome. Renaissance Place Cinema, May third. Uh, heading home. World Baseball Classic story about Team Israel. Uh, Jonathan Mayo from MLB.com. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Friendly Confines podcast. We would love to have you on again later in the season. We appreciate you taking the time to join us here on the seventh inning stretch. Uh, it's my pleasure to join you anytime, Ryan.
Our thanks to Jonathan Mayo for joining us here on the Friendly Confines. And again, that movie uh, is going to be a terrific one if you guys yeah. go check it out. Uh, it's called um, Heading Home, the story of Team Israel about their great run at the World Baseball Classic in 2017. Uh, and you can find Jonathan on Twitter at Jonathan Mayo um, if you want to follow him for all the latest news in Major League Baseball. So with that, let's move on to the eighth inning in the week ahead for this team. And they start a three-game set this week in South Florida against the Marlins. I'm going to try and hit every game this uh, week. Usually the Cubs come here on the weekends. They're not making it any easier for me during the work week, Chad. Are you going to be uh, able to get a hall pass? I mean, now you actually have to negotiate these things. Well, I've already – my wife does know that when it comes to Cubs baseball, she's aware that this is the time when I'm going to (laughs) probably see them and and drive down to Miami. I'm a good hour, but that's – you know, okay, neither here nor there. I can handle that, but – uh, you know, it's just a matter of trying to negotiate it through, you know, getting out of work maybe a little early this week. But, uh, you know, the Marlins obviously are, are rebuilding, and that's putting it lightly. Um, so this might be the best opportunity for the Cubs to kind of come in, sweep, get back to nearly 500, and do what they need to do here in the warm weather because uh, this is the perfect opportunity for them to right the ship against a very struggling young Marlins team. Yeah, it, it, it really is. The, it's, the, the timing's perfect, um, and, and I like really the way the week ahead is, is setting up. They got, the, they got the opportunity to take a rest day today. Get prob- I don't know if they're able to get out earlier, probably a little bit earlier, but with the snow, who knows. Um, but get down to Miami, get settled in for the next three games, and then they get back to Chicago after an off day on Thursday, and they take on the Arizona Diamondbacks at the tail end of the series, which could also be an interesting series back at Wrigley Field. For me, I, I look at this week and I say, you know, um, uh, four, four, to, four to five wins is what I really want to see, and I think that would be very positive. You're right. They, they need to consistently um, start winning more games to get back over 500, but, you know, we're still so early in the season. I'm, I'm not concerned about the way that, the way it started off. Uh, those matters, those games could matter towards the end of the year, but this, this sort of weekend ahead is not a scare week for me and they have some teams uh um, coming up on the schedule that uh i think the cubs as you said a really great opportunity to right the ship all right so as we mentioned in the ninth inning we go the cubs come into miami this week to face off against the marlins in the south beach series Uh, the cubs usually come in here for four games on the weekend but Major League Baseball changing up their one trip to South Florida as they're playing a three-game set during the week. And it'll start out with you, Darvish, and then go to Quintana and then Hamels. So the key here, I can't think of a better team for Hugh Darvish yeah. to kind of work out the Kings, Chad, than against the Miami Marlins. I mean, if they can't, if he can't beat the Marlins, then I don't know what to tell you at this point because this is the team that Hugh Darvish really needs to come correct against. I completely agree, and I think – I mean, what's your take on, on what you want to see from Hugh Darvish in this series? Well, I at least want to see him go five and try to at least look like some semblance of the pitcher that we've seen, you know, over the past five, six years when he was in Texas. I mean, I would like to see at least seven strikeouts from him and – you know, five innings, if he gives up one or two runs, I'm okay with that. But, like, I don't want to see him inconsistent and getting shelled, and that's what we've been seeing. He's got to be able to show something against this Marlins team because if he can't, then that's going to be disturbing. This is a very weak-hitting baseball team. Um, they, he's got to really show up for this one. 
So a fan of the show and, and, and an Uber L.A. Dodger fan, uh, Jeff Gale, has given me the lowdown from the moment that we signed you. And he basically, te- he's nailed it every time. He said, you is always going to give up something early, look a little iffy in the front innings, um, and then usually settle in. And we kind of saw, have seen that the last couple of starts. I would just like to see a deep performance. I would like to see him hit his spots. I would like to see him um, have a little bit more control and consistency with how he, um, you know, he just approaches each batter. He has the stuff, and I, I still think, you know, it's, it's just amazing. You, you know, you or you, neither you nor I um, got compensated with a multi-gazillion dollar contract and, and were asked to, like, basically be the guy. And you kind of was asked to be the guy with that contract. And is he one of those guys? Can he not perform in a pre- pressure situation? Is he putting too much pressure? And is that's what's happening? I'm not really sure. But every time I've seen him communicate in contact um, since uh, before spring training right through, he is – he has a bit more of confidence and swagger that I haven't seen in the past, and, and it just needs to translate on the mound because he has the stuff to be consistent um, and strong and dominant. We just haven't seen it yet in a Cubs uniform. I hope it all starts to play out this week and the Cubs try to climb back to 500 as the week starts against the Miami Marlins in a three-game set on Monday. Yeah, Rhino, well, that is going to wrap- Yeah, Rhino, I was going to say, you know what? So we, 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 uh, we normally mention this, and we want to mention it as well. Um, we really love the support from the listeners. And so if you've made it through the ninth inning, you're obviously a fan, you appreciate it. We'd love to hear from you. So make sure if you're not already, um, click on the, uh, the Chicago Cubs Friendly Confines um, uh, Facebook headquarters. Um, so just search for Chicago Cubs Friendly Confines um, uh, headquarters on Facebook. Uh, and let us know what you think. It's a great place. Uh, uh, there's original writing there. It's a great community where people can talk and connect. It's also a great place that people need help getting Cubs tickets. That's one of the one of our favorite things to do as well. Um, and then, Rhino, uh, how can they find us on Twitter? Yes, I appreciate you bringing that up. At Twitter, you can find me at Ryan D. Lieber. You can find Chad at Cubs Confines for all the latest things that you want to talk about or hear about. Feel free to tweet us or follow us on Twitter. We always post the podcast as well on there. And you can find a lot of our guests on Twitter as well that you can always follow, too. So I, I appreciate you bringing that up, Chad, too, because it's always important for us to uh, make sure you guys are able to connect with us and, whenever yeah. we're able to chat. And another really important thing is, so you're obviously a listener. We hope you're a subscriber. Um, if you like the podcast and you have Cubs friends, share this. Share this podcast with others. We continue to try to want to grow this podcast, and, and it has had steady growth since we, since we kicked it off. So please help us out with that as well. And also, write us a review. Give us a rating. That helps us uh, show up uh, more. We're, we're, we're slowly but surely inching up. If you search for Cubs on Apple Podcasts, we're in the first 10 um, that, that come up, which is pretty cool. So it's like some, and, and what's really cool is a couple of the people that we've had on as guests are in some of the podcasts ahead of us, like Dave Kaplan. So really fun stuff. So uh, we love your support, and we really appreciate it. We ask you for your help uh, to help us grow this podcast. Fantastic. All right. Well, that is going to wrap things up for this edition of the Friendly Confines. want to thank Jonathan Mayo from MLB.com for joining us on the show. And, of course, Chad, always great to catch up and always talk about Cubs baseball. We'll talk next week, everybody. Have a good one. See you at the ballpark. Don't let anyone say that it's just a game. For I've seen other teams and it's never the same 
When you're born in Chicago, you're blessed and you're a field. The first time you walk into Wrigley, 